Welcome to Sense and Sustainability, your podcast channel for sustainable procurement. We hope you like what you hear. Please go to www.iso2400.org for more information, learning resources, tools and much more. Hi everybody, I'm Sean McCarthy. I'm the Director of Action Sustainability. This is the second in a series of five podcasts about human rights, sustainability and supply chains. And I'm delighted to introduce my colleague, Helen Carter, who's going to talk to you about supply chain issues. I'm delighted to introduce Helen Carter. In terms of my experience, I'm obviously part of Action Sustainability. I've known Sean for a very long time because I've been with him virtually from the beginning on this one. I am actually procurement by background. I've sort of spent three decades working in procurement and supply chains. So that's the angle that I come to this from, from my perspective. I've been involved in sustainable procurement for about 20 years, but probably the last 10, ever since I picked up a piece of work for something called the Supply Chain Sustainability School, which some of you may be familiar with, I looked at modern slavery um, as part of that initially, very much in those early days started to see it as this is something that's bubbling away and coming, uh, needless to say, why we're here today. Over those 10 years, I've been responsible for developing um, the school's approach to how we help with the construction industry. I've worked alongside businesses to understand how they look at particularly supply chain due diligence and, and best practice within this space. And this year was the launch of the British Standard BS 25700, which is part of a standard Standard, a free standard actually that BSI have created to help organisations understand what they need to do to deal with modern slavery. I was part of the authoring committee and wrote particularly the procurement element of it. And I have the privilege of being the new head of the shadow committee for the UK for the new ISO standard that's going to be looked at over the next few years. So taking the British standard and taking that on. So whereas Elisa's the legal framework, I have less of that, but much more around that sort of supply chain due diligence and, and engagement space. Helen, you were going to dive in anyway. I guess you exist in, in the fourth ring in, uh, in uh, Elise's description of, of contracts and interactions between business. Um, what's your perspective? I think what's kind of interesting, uh, I mean, 2017 was obviously the French, but there's been a wealth even since 2017 of all the different types of legislation with the German Supply Chain Act and the Norwegian Transparency Act. We've seen probably the most aggressive piece of legislation with the the Weaker Forced Labour Act in the US, where it's actually started to affect supply chains in terms of goods being confiscated by customs and, and, and being sat on borders. And a really interesting, I know we're going to talk about just transition later on, but really interesting in relation to sort of the, sol- the solar panel work and the, the world that's evolving around that. I think the last stats I saw was November, there was something like 12 gigawatts of energy sitting on the customs borders in, in the US, not getting in because it was not complying with a lot of the, the requirements, the transparency requirements that the US government was looking for. So what I think is a challenge for businesses in particular is Whilst there, I, I agree with Elise, there is this galaxy, if you like, of all these different types of legislation. What we're actually starting to see is businesses trying to grapple with it, but not really getting to grips with the nuances of how they all operate. And then where we see businesses, so I, I, I talk to businesses that are based in the UK, obviously going to be very much at the behest of the EU due diligence legislation that's going to be coming in, working out where they sit in this whole space. And 
all the legislation doesn't quite do exactly the same thing. So you'll have some elements of what, what I call disclosure, which we all know that, you know, the UK had an element of disclose what you're doing around modern slavery, which has had very little teeth, if we're brutally honest, over the last few years. And then we start to see um, a, a requirement now around due diligence. So it's not the disclosure, it's actually doing the due diligence, putting the legislation in place to say that you must do this. The reality is they're sort of the opposite side of the same coin. They're trying to get at it from a different perspective. One of the really interesting things, and I think advice for most businesses when they're starting to think about this, is to go back, however, to the UNGPs and the OECDs, because that is definitely the sort of consistent approach that you can find married in all the pieces of legislation. They might tie it up slightly differently. They might actually have different responsibilities. Some have financial teeth, some don't. But the reality is that if you followed the principles of the UN guiding principles on, on human rights and business or the OECDs, use that as your framework. In the majority, it actually then helps you understand how to navigate that legal requirement. And I think that's a real challenge for businesses in how do they man management systemize it almost to make it part of that business consideration. And it's a real diverse range of, of success and non-success in this space. Helen, thank you very much for that. I think that gives us a really broad perspective in terms of how human rights are affecting the procurement profession and how we might do things differently. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Sense and Sustainability. Please listen out for more episodes. For more information, learning resources, tools and much more content on sustainable procurement, go to www.iso2400.org.